Coming up on HIGMT, lots to talk about with Tesla's Q4 earnings call. I break down the refreshed Model S and Model X, the new steering yoke has raising some eyebrows, and Sandy from Monroe Live digs deeper into a 2021 Model 3. Welcome to How I Got My Tesla, the podcast of Indeterminate Link for Saturday, January 30th, 2021, episode 27 in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm Matt Wilson. Let's start off with a few Tesla things you should know. Tesla hosted their Q4 earnings call this past week, and from a financial perspective, it was a little bit of a mixed bag, but from a product perspective, it was all great news. First, from a financial perspective, Tesla's revenue for Q4 was $10.7 billion compared to the expected $10.3 billion. Revenue from the previous quarter was $8.7 billion. Earnings per share had some analysts a little bit disappointed. Tesla earned $0.80 per share compared to the expected $1.04 per share. Available cash was up from $8.7 billion at the end of Q3 to $10.3 billion at the end of Q4. So if you want to have a little bit more of a detailed breakdown of the Q4 earnings call, you should probably definitely check out Ryan McCaffrey's Ride the Lightning podcast, where he spends a good portion of an hour and a half dissecting all things Tesla. There are no new updates for the Model 3 or Model Y, which is really not all that expected, seeing that the Model 3 was just recently refreshed and the Model Y was recently re uh, released in 2020. There are lots of specification changes to the Model S and Model X, though, and I will include these changes in the show notes below. Uh, the main takeaway from these changes were an overall price increase with only marginal increases in performance and range. And in actually, in some instances, the expected range is actually went down but only by a fraction of their overall range so definitely check out the summary that I have included in the show notes below so for the Model S and Model X it, uh, there have been some major changes uh, for the both the exterior and interior so I'll go over the exterior changes right now for the Model S and Model X there is a tri-motor option chrome delete is now a thing for uh, both models and both models also have a larger air intake. There is a wider body and new front end design, basically making them uh, look a little bit sleeker. And the heat pump that will permit five times more speed runs at the track will actually help reducing range loss due to cold weather. And it's the same heat pump that is uh, now currently available in the Model Y and the Model 3. The new battery pack will use the old 18650 cells with updated chemistry. And both models will be level 5 full self-driving or robo-taxi capable. There's been a complete update to the Model S and Model X interiors with three colors of vegan leather upholstering. There is a new yoke style steering wheel. There is a 17-inch horizontal widescreen display powered by 10 teraflops of processing power, which is basically similar to the recently released PS5. There is an additional 12.3-inch driver display above the steering yoke. There's a new 8-inch rear display with the same infotainment and gaming features as a main screen and will work well with the wireless gaming controllers and it's actually powerful enough to play Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher. The media control unit is replaced with the same ice found in the Model 3 and the Model Y, although I'm not exactly sure what ice actually means. There are no more turn signal stocks. Instead, they're replaced with buttons on the steering yoke, and there's no more gear shifter either. Uh, this has actually been replaced with a predictive system or touchscreen overrides. 
Interior air vents are very similar to those found in the Model 3 and Model Y, but updated for the Model S and Model X. There are retractable cup holders and deeper storage in the in the in the in the front doors oh there's all sorts of different changes uh reclining second row seats that actually fold flatter and will offer greater headroom and legroom and there is a cabin facing camera and interior radar so that are the changes for the model s and model x and there's also updates to the cybertruck first deliveries by the end of 2021 and with volume production in 2022 and basically all of the major engineering is now complete for the cybertruck tesla's going to need an 8,000 ton press um, just for the truck bed alone compared with the 6,000 ton press currently being used in the model y there is also an update for the Tesla Roadster and that the development should be wrapped up by the end of 2021 and production for the Tesla Roadster should be starting in 2022. There should be first deliveries by the end of 2021 for the Tesla Semi. And finally, there's one more thing, actually a couple more things. Tesla is talking about having uh, some sort of electric passenger delivery van planned, but currently they are hampered by uh, battery cell supply and they are actually on track to reach 10 gigawatt hours of production capacity at their first 4680 cell pilot plant in Fremont, an additional 100 gigawatt hours of production capacity at Gigafactory Berlin and Texas by the end of 2022. So that is pretty much every all the updates for Tesla's, uh, I guess their, their vehicle lineup. This is a major change for the Model S and Model X. It's something that has definitely been needed for the last couple of years. I think the last refresh was done in 2016, and this probably brings uh, the overall design philosophy more in line with the Model 3 and Model Y. CNET.com has the article where Tim Stevens break down the reason why the new steering wheel yoke could be a big problem. One of the noted issues are the expected steering ratio between the yoke and the wheels. The new style does not lead itself well to hand over hand or shuffle steering methods. So I'm wondering, is Tesla going to implement some sort of proportional steering input method based on speed and location? I'm not exactly sure how this steering yoke is actually going to work. Uh, other issues that Tim has with the steering yoke has to do with possibly losing your grip and grasping for a section of a traditional wheel that is no longer there. The open-ended design of the yoke could also injure the driver in the event of an accident where the blunt end of the yoke could actually impact the driver in some way, especially if the wheels themselves are forced from one side to another so i'm wondering is maybe tesla going to fix this by operating a steer by wire solution and it's not just the car pundits that are having issues with the new steering yoke the national highway safety administration have reached out to tesla and i'm sure that they have some questions regarding the design nitsa told cnet's roadshow that quote they cannot determine whether the steering wheel meets the federal motor vehicle safety standards the new steering yoke might be short-lived, especially if NHTSA finds out that it is in violation of their standards. Electric.co has an article, and despite increases for new orders for the refreshed Model S and Model X, prospective owners from late 2020 were caught off guard with a $10,000 price increase over the previous model. Additionally, since all production of the previous releases of the Model S and Model X have ground to a halt, these prospective owners have no choice to either cancel their order or pay the additional $10,000. During the earnings call, Elon Musk thought that the price increase would not be a problem by saying, quote, we will actually be raising the price of a Model S for this new model. The new model will be $10,000 more, so hopefully people aren't too upset if they bought the old model last year, but this one is $10,000 more. 
So yeah, we think it's probably the best car at any kind of price available in the world today, unquote. After the earnings call, Tesla did offer a $2,000 price adjustment to late 2020 Model S orders and will also make the price for the full, uh, full self-driving upgrade to be the same as it was when the order was made. Sandy from YouTube channel Manure Live has a couple more videos this week and I'll include those links in the show notes below. In episode 5 of the 2021 Tesla Model 3 review, Sandy has noted that his Model 3 does not have the giga casting in the lower rear clip. That said, he did have some positive things to say, including an overall reduction in the spot welds in this area, 17 compared to 26 in the 2018 Model 3, and at least one less bolt. Although these small cuts in parts and welds might seem insignificant, Sandy does mention that Tesla is now at a point of production where every efficiency that can be found will be used in production, thus making each vehicle quicker to produce. In episode 6, we see Sandy tearing into the interior of the 2021 Model 3. Sandy does mention that he does really like the interior and its simple look underlines the simple assembly needed for production. One of the highlight of the interior look around has Sandy admiring the simple engineering Tesla has done for the Model 3 rather than overly complicating the issue with overly complex solutions. The dual pane glass, although expensive to source, makes a huge improvement in noise reduction and Sandy just loves seeing this kind of stuff. InsideEVs.com has a great article about Tesla's current and future production rates based on location and vehicle model. For Fremont, Tesla can produce around 500,000 Model 3s and Model Ys per year, but is looking to push this up to 600,000 per year with an additional 100,000 vehicles being taken up by the recently refreshed Model S and Model X. For Gigafactory Shanghai, Tesla has a production rate of 250,000 vehicles per year, but that is actually expected to increase up to 450,000 per year as current site expansions come online. There's no information regarding Gigafactory Berlin except for a note that Model Y production will start in 2021, and Gigafactory Texas will also be without any expected production numbers from a Model Y and Cybertruck, but basically that's, uh, that's to be expected since the facility is still under heavy construction. The Tesla Semi, the Roadster, and the unnamed future product, I think that's the $25,000 uh, Tesla model, uh, they all do not have a production home for the time being. A recent drone video from YouTuber Gabe Binacow reviews the first look at Tesla's Gigapress in action at Fremont. Judging from the piles of castings already surrounding the Gigapress, TorqueNews.com estimates around 200 castings are completed every four hours. This only amounts to 20% of what is actually needed for the Model Y production at Fremont, which is why another Gigapress is currently being assembled nearby. And if you look at the overall state of Tesla's Fremont facility, you can actually appreciate the needed rush to complete other manufacturing facilities around the world. Tesla is literally busting at the seams. With the increase of available castings, it's hoped that the overall price per vehicle lowers with the overall reduction of parts count and the labor required to assemble. And while we're talking about Gigafactory, so might take a look at Gigafactory Texas. And thanks again to Joe Tegmeyer and Jeff Roberts for their daily drone footage. In Joe Tegmeyer's January 29th video, Joe provides us with a recap of the Q4 earnings call announcements with respect to Gigafactory Texas and updates a basic layout of the sprawling facility. There's lots of progress being made on the structural steel sections of the building along with precast concrete elements over the Model Y casting plant in the building's northeast corner. Pieces of the gigapresses needed for Gigafactory Texas from Hydra are continuing to be assembled in the casting plant. 
precast concrete walls are now being installed around the stamping area in the building's southeast corner, including more concrete slabs that are actually being poured. Most of the Megapad area is now either stockpiles of structural steel or concrete components or even mobile cranes, of which there are now 20 on site. Well, that should pretty much do it for episode 27. That was a little bit of a that was a little bit of a slog to get through with everything that was being announced in the earnings call. So, if you're looking to purchase a Tesla and you want 1,000 free supercharging miles, you can feel free to use my referral program link in the show notes below, or head on over to ts.la/slash Matthew40942. My current friend from who used that uh, referral program link is Chatty. I don't have anyone new that has uh, taken advantage of that link. So hashtag for this episode, let's try hashtag Q4 2020 earnings and hashtag for this podcast is hashtag HIGMT. And if you have any feedback for me, feel free to throw me an email at howigotmytesla at gmail.com. And as always, you can watch my progress towards a Tesla by visiting howigotmytesla.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram by simply searching for howigotmytesla. So thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Matt Wilson and hosted by Squarespace. Music for this episode is Cascade by Cubby.